0: Thank you for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis. And for the time being, we're continuing to broadcast via Zoom due to the coronavirus pandemic. The latest buzz in Belmont and beyond that we're going to talk about today is public safety. And joining us to talk about this very important topic is Belmont's new assistant police chief, Mark Hurley. Mark has been with the department for 21 years, and he was promoted to the assistant police chief just a little over two months ago. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thank you, Joanna, glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so I I would like you to tell uh, everyone who's listening and watching a little bit about yourself. I know that you are born and bred in Belmont, Belmont boy, right?
1: Yes, right.
0: And one of six children,
1: Yes. The youngest of six. Yep. We all grew up and graduated from Belmont High.
0: Yeah. So, so, so what year did you graduate Belmont High? Uh, 1989. 1989. How would you say Belmont has, has changed over the years? Like how does it compare today to when you were growing up? Um, Well,
1: I think it's kind of the same in some respects, but I think it's more uh, diverse now, certainly. And um, I think, the time, I think it was more of a sleepy town back then, it seems like. I don't know if that's just my memory, kind of, you know, growing up, it was boring, nothing going on. But um, there's certainly more restaurants now and more things to do, it seems like, um, more destinations and stuff like that. Where back then, there was only a couple of ice cream shops and, and convenience stores and pizza places. So, uh, well, There's still
0: plenty of those, though. There are still plenty <laughs> of
1: those, yes. And hairdressers no shortage
0: of pizza in Belmont or Banks.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, too many banks. I know, really. Yeah, but uh, no, it was a great place to grow up. You know, times were a little different then. We got to, you know, I grew up right behind the Burbank school, and I spent all day, every day, from my childhood at the Burbank, basically the pu- playground. And um, nice. It's different now because it's not kids out and about like they used to be. But you know, my too kids are technology,
0: too yeah, much it's
1: technology and play dates and everything's kind of formal. But that's the way it is. You know. <laughs> But the Xbox is certainly big in my (laughs)
0: house. Well, unfortunately, especially during coronavirus times um, when the kids can't be uh, out as much as they'd like to. Although it is getting a little bit better, the risk is lower, but they still have to wear their masks and social distancing. Let's hope that that. At least they can connect
1: my 13 year old, he's on with his friends playing my games. So at least there is some type of social aspect of it at least it's not just by himself, him by himself in the room you know but
0: yes it's amazing the technology that they can actually play a video game and be talking to someone yeah and
1: good. my daughter who's nine she facetimes her friends the entire time so yeah, it's great you know, yeah
0: you just got to be careful with those games i don't like when the kids are talking to people they don't know it's like well who, who is this person right. <laughs> they're to, you
1: know ideally we're supposed to be closed groups but who knows
0: yes <laughs> Yes, well, we we will have to talk about that. Um, Anyway, what inspired you to go into the field of public safety? Um, Well, I don't know. I've always, you know, went to help
1: people, basically, and was interested in that. Um, Being the youngest of six, I've always been, was around a lot of people, and um, I kind of saw things from both sides, and I always kind of enjoyed trying to solve problems and to try to, you know... Help people and like to to in any little way, like kind of. I I really enjoy, just with say like a neighbor issue, just trying to get people so they have some common ground and and they both have mutually satisfied. And I think I did that a lot when I was younger with my older brothers and sisters. Really, I, and it just kind of naturally progressed into that. I think. You know, a...
0: was there a particular person or role model role, role model that you would say might? Um, no, not
1: really. I mean, my father was an accountant. Um. So, he wasn't in there. My two brothers went to the, the uh, one went to West Point, the other one went to Annapolis. So, they were kind of military. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go into the military. I kind of thought of maybe, I tried for the Naval Academy, I didn't get in. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: um, no, I think. At least not, you tried.
1: <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. There was some of my older brother's friends were police officers when I was in my 20s. And, you know, I knew them well. And. Talk to them and kind of that made kind of push me into it too. I think
0: and that's great. And 20, 21 years is is a long time to be with the. the
1: yeah, boss. almost twenty two actually. Sep- September of nineteen ninety eight I
0: started. Yeah, Academy, now I
1: can't believe it.
0: You you went for the assistant police chief role. um I don't think you ever applied for it before. This was your first time applying right. for it because yeah. it wasn't really open. I guess um, Chief MacIsaac, uh has had it had it for, for a all- long time before. Right. He- was promoted and so when did you realize you wanted to go for this when, when you know like at what point in time did you say okay when that opening comes up I'm going to go for it um
1: well I mean it was kind of a natural progression for me I kind of come up through the ramp and um when Chief McLaughlin was kind of getting near to retirement you know I really started thinking about it and I, I was you know hopeful that Chief McIsaac would take over and that his job would be open and I've worked well with uh, Jamie for, you know, I've known him since I was little and he's the same age as one of my brothers. And um, I would, would, you know, really look forward to try to helping him. Cause I knew that like, he really cares about the town and about the department. And, you know, he would be somebody really good to work for. That would be a good place. And I would try to, I think I would fit in well with him and to try to, you know, push the, the department forward. Yeah. And trying to get engaged with the community and try to fulfill our mission as, you know, as best possible and to try to make um, you know, everybody as happy as can be, kind of, you know what I mean? All, whether the employees and certainly the, uh, the citizens and community members.
0: Yes, there were there were seventeen applicants for the position. So that's I think it's pretty impressive. There was you, that many. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. you were chosen. You were chosen. So when you learned that you were appointed, mm-hmm. what was your initial reaction? Um, I mean, I was happy.
1: You know, I mean, it was it was nice to to get the job that I was you know going for uh, certainly. Um, and then, you know, in some respect, I'm like, oh, what am I getting into kind of too, you know, like I, I was a lieutenant. And I kind of had, ran my own ship and I was on nights. You were and on nights. I had to get bitch. off on nights. <laughs> I worked days my first 15 years and then I became a lieutenant and I had to go to nights. So, um, so it was a big change. This, this job is, is certainly different from um, where I was before, where I had my shifts, kind of that I was in charge of. And then it was by certain people that, I, that worked for me. Yeah. Now, uh, it's everybody, and I'm glad, though. It's 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 a nice change, and it's certainly um, it's good to see kind of the bigger picture. Too. Tell
0: me about your new role. Like, what, what what are your major responsibilities? Well, I mean, first and foremost is
1: to assist the chief. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that that go on that I knew about kind of, but I didn't realize how much time-consuming things are. With a lot of meetings with the town, uh, with the renovation that's the station behind you, Um, We have meetings about that every week. And um, so it's basically to assist him to try to, you know, work towards the department goals, the goals that he sets for the department. Um, Day to day, I am actually um, oversee the detective bureau, the community services department and uh, 911. Um, So that is kind of my day to day. Uh, overseeing administrative functions there in addition to anything else that the chief kind of
0: mm-hmm. sends my way. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can honestly say that the past two months have not been uneventful, <laughs> right? right. Yes, yes. <laughs> because a lot has happened and it's really, really changing how people perceive public safety. Would you, would you agree about that? Um, I think so. I mean, it's in some respects. Um, and what I'm referring to is, is the George Floyd. Incident. Right. Right. Um, of
1: course that terrible, you know, the murder of him in Minneapolis. Um, right.
0: It, it wasn't murder. It was a, due to the chokehold. I mean, I know that this is, has he been charged, that officer in Minneapolis? Has he definitely been? Um, yeah.
1: I believe he's been charged with murder. Yes. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's sad because I don't know if he really intended to kill George Floyd. No one will ever really know, but that's what you know, but so these chokeholds, which now I believe there's a new state reform bill that will ban these chokeholds. Is that something that um, Belmont police? No,
1: no, we don't. That's not been.
0: it something that when you were trained that they, that they taught you to do.
1: No, no, not at all. You know, you're not supposed to do that at all. Um, you know, I don't know what that officer was doing. The, the, he was, you know, Mr. Floyd was like, was secured. He was in handcuffs. He was on the ground. I don't know why he did what he did. I don't understand it one bit, but no, we don't use chokeholds at all. Um, we have other things that, you know, use of force policy that we try to go through we try yeah. to de-escalate, And then if the situation warrants it, we have, we can go up and then we go back down as it changes. And, um, no, we would never want to choke somebody or get around somebody's neck or anything like that.
0: Well, how would you say that 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 this incident now, all the protests that are happening, how is this changing what you do for a living?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know if it changes uh, much day to day. To be honest, I mean, we still want like I how I've always been um, to try to treat people fairly and to be um, treat people with dignity and respect and i don't think that's changed i i think it's more um you know an emphasis on that 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 sh- that should be the way and that's good I'm, i i hope officers all throughout the country realize that you know what i mean we do we have a lot of power entrusted on us and you know it's it's come that we have to you know be, be fair with it in in judicial you know what i mean inequitable and, and um And I think that's, you know, important. And this bringing these protests, you know, brings things to light that shouldn't be happening. And and that's fine. You know what I mean? That's because these people shouldn't be mistreated for whatever reason. Like everybody should be treated fairly and equally.
0: Well, that was my my next question. How do you ensure members of your department treat everyone on the street equally and, and don't discriminate?
1: Um, well, our policies, our procedures, from the top down, the way we do things, and wh- how we communicate to them, um, the training, um, our supervisors—I um, think that's all very important. And I think the attitude, like you know, from the chief through down to the you know the newest member, is that we want to treat people with respect and uh, and treat them fairly and. Who they are, like what they are, um, skin color, or gender, or sexual orientation, none of that stuff has anything to do with what we what we should be doing. If we stop something for a traffic violation, they stop for the traffic violation. You know, it shouldn't have to matter uh, who it is. And right. and it's important to to I think to, for us as like the leaders of the department to to stress it to the younger officers, to all the officers that that's the way it is. That's the way it's, it should be. And that it's not tolerated if it's uh, any type of profiling or anything like that. It's certainly not tolerated here.
0: If there ever was an incident where um, someone is accusing an officer of, of discrimination or mistreatment, how does your department handle that? How do you handle the discipline of an officer? that? Um,
1: well, it depends. Obviously, I mean, we investigated. All complaints are investigated and documented. So that's first. Um, so then from there, it would be investigated and see, we would speak with the, the, the complainant and, you know, with the officer, he has the right to some due process. And, um, it would depend, you know, well, well, a lot of things about the allegation and any evidence and stuff like that, but all complaints are documented and investigated. So, um, people can are, are sure you can be sure that if they call a complaint, they, it is going to be documented. Okay. And nothing's brushed like under the rug. That's right? good.
0: That's good. Are, are you involved in the hiring of new officers? Um,
1: no, I have not been. Um, we do have some vacancies, but with all the budget kind of uh, concerns going on, we are not hiring any currently. But we are a civil service department, so it's kind of there's all rules from civil service about how to hire this, you know, the state civil service test. And um, they kind of give us a list and kind of go to go down from there about that.
0: I, I was just wondering if there's a way, like when you're hiring, is there a way to screen officers to ensure that they're not like racist?
1: Um, well, there's a background check and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I guess it would be, you know, through the tests and psychological exams that have to take okay. place beforehand, we That's hope, that, you know, would find that stuff out. And uh, the pretty intensive psychological exams before, uh, being hired. And, you know, the theory and the hope is that it would weed out anybody who, who did have those um, explicit like biases and stuff like that. So um, yeah,
0: is that's there any, the- um, I, I know that one of the chief's goals is to increase diversity in the police department roster. Mm-hmm. Is that also one of your goals?
1: Uh, certainly. Yes.
0: Um, How do you think you can achieve that?
1: Well, it's very hard with the civil service, um, to be honest. And I think, to be quite honest, with this day and age, I don't know how many people will be taking the exam to become police officers. So, really?
0: Really? You yeah. think that when you say this day and age, it's, it's because people now think, may not I'm want just, to go into public safety?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, I don't know. Right now, I think um, maybe just because with all the, like, the laws on Beacon Hill and all that stuff, it's just not you know something that I think a lot of people maybe would necessarily, you know, want to maybe go into the, try to think of something out. Like, really, things. yeah, I think so. Um, unfortunately, but I think things will change and things will, um, kind of even out where things will get better. Like the police would be better and then people will be happier and more satisfied with, um, the service they're getting. And, and then I think it will be, uh, everything will kind of even out. But as far as like uh, recruiting people, like we really can't, we need to have like a resident of the town has to take the civil ser- state civil service exam and score well and then get a, ch- a chance to be hired basically. and veterans go to the top of the list. So it's kind of um it's difficult to to, to try to to diversify.
0: Is there, are they going to try to move away from civil the civil service? I-
1: believe so. I think there's talk that a lot of towns are getting away from it. And, um, that would allow, you know, us to try to increase the pool of candidates from anywhere. Um, but you would still have to kind of get people from say other communities to apply to be a police officer in Belmont. So that would still be a concern.
0: I see. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about this defund police, uh, that I keep hearing about. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I mean,
1: I don't know about defunding, but I agree with the, some of the premise about, about uh, increasing money to be spent on social services okay. and mental health services, certainly. A lot of our calls have to deal with people mental crisis, health crises. Oh, I
0: know that because I do the logs every exactly,
1: week. Exactly, exactly. Although so, they don't I tell mean- me the
0: specifics, but I, I mean... I,
1: I gather that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, when, you know, when we have a large hospital here in town that, you know. Oh, that, yes. That draws people here, too, for that. Um, yes.
0: McLean.
1: And, you know, social workers can be great. I mean, there's certainly, um, we go to these calls, we worry about safety, you know, first and foremost for these people and for us and for their family. Yeah. And. We then can just get them to the hospital, basically. You know what I mean. We need this. There should be more aftercare. There should be a lot more done to help these people. That, not necessarily the police can do. I mean, we certainly will do what we can. But afterwards, I mean, for their long-term mental health care, it's police officers really can't provide that. So um, I'm certainly for all for increased services for for people Mm -hmm. in crisis and and more for the elderly. you know, hoarding and stuff like that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's out there. People do need help. And unfortunately through the years that stuff was cut from the budget. You know I mean? There's no more state hospitals and a lot of the outreach has been cut and state aid. And um, Mm -hmm. that would be, would be great if that could be increased. Certainly. I I
0: agree. agree. Um, Let's talk about technology. And um, can you tell me like, maybe changes that are in the works uh, using better technology like, and and also I know like body cameras and maybe um, I know that there was a a donation made recently for tasers and your officers are hopefully going to be getting trained on, on those. So can you just talk a little bit about some of those um, new gadgets that you might. Well, I
1: mean, body cameras, I think we're very open to, to, to wear body cameras. I think it would be beneficial. Um the problem is money, you know, to be quite honest with you, in the long term storage of like the data and the retrieval of the data, so it's not just the cameras themselves, that's like you know short money, but it's the I guess the data requirements of uh, storing all yeah. Yeah. the images and everything um, so the tasers are being being trained, and that's, I think a very useful tool. It's another way of instead of going to lethal. So that they, we can use something that's not le- lethal, and um, the technology—I mean, the technology brings a lot to us, but then it creates so much more other work. As you see, with all these fraud, there's so much fraud through the internet, and it's—it's um, it's hard to keep up. These the scams and stuff seem to be one step ahead of, of law enforcement. Right.
0: An unemployment fraud scam. Oh, I
1: mean, you've seen this dozens and dozens uh, of that. Like this, every day, there's uh, a handful reported to us every single day. Um, and it's just, you know, it's hard with with people getting emails from what looks to be like Amazon or looks to be, you know, some other right. website or Bank of America or something like that. And it's not. And then they, they kind of fall. They give them their personal information. And then it just causes headaches for people. So it's, 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 it's hard. So we're trying to keep up with that, certainly, but it's, um, it's hard to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that, how can you help with that? What is, what is it that the police can do to help? Um, well, more I mean. Or outreach? Yeah. I mean, we're
1: investigating sometimes it's, they, you know, a lot of it stems from out of the country and we can't really do much about that, but as far we have been successful in and tracking down local kind of scam artists and trying to do you know stop that and certainly outreach though yes we're trying to tell people that no jail is going to call them saying that their grandson's in jail and oh that's a bash yeah that's the type of stuff and you get, get and get
0: gift cards from Target
1: yeah right I know people get scared and you know they're trying to do what they think is the right thing of course. and um, but it's that's just very scary yeah it is. They preying you know, on people's uh, vulnerability and stuff. So it's too bad.
0: It is too bad. It is. What are some of your uh, personal goals in your new role? What do you hope to achieve as Belmont's assistant police chief? Well, I I hope to be able to, um,
1: you know, to help assist the chief with his plans for the department.
0: Um, you want to tell me about some of those some of those big plans? Well, I don't know about big plans. A lot of things have changed right now with COVID too. I well, mean, I wanted, you know, that was another question I wanted to ask you. How is COVID affecting?
1: The, the um, I mean, it's, it's changed kind of, we do a lot by phone before we didn't really do we do things, everything face to face. So um, we still will meet face to face, but a lot of people want to do it by phone and that's fine. We're going to accommodate them. Um, you know, it's at first, you know, officers were nervous about getting it and there was a lot of misinformation or no information about it. And, We, you know, have been fortunate. We do have plenty of PPE and um, they do clean the station, uh, temporary station here for us quite frequently. And, um, but it's still the unknown. So people still get kind of nervous about it. And um, it's been difficult where we haven't gotten much mandate from the federal government and the state government has, you know, given advisories and stuff like that. So even like wearing a mask and social distancing, sometimes we get calls about other people and it's kind of hard where, you know, they may be six feet apart and, but right now, but they weren't, you know, five minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, so that kind of puts people, the officers kind of in the middle sometimes of, of situations with where, There's no easy way to answer, you know what I mean? See, you know, people kinda see things differently. So um it certainly increased the kind of the challenges of trying to how to be, you know, active in the community. Oh really? Yeah, when there's not much we you know, with people staying home and and there's no like public events and stuff like that. So it's kind of changed that, you know. You're right. Yeah.
0: Especially for you as the new assistant police chief, you'd like to, you know, meet people, let them get to know you. Right. Right. I mean, those,
1: you know, thoughts of like spend a lot more time down the senior center and maybe have regular hours with officers down there. And, you know, it's not open. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I stuff. know
0: any idea when things will reopen. I mean, I know things no, are I a little bit I, better.
1: It's, you know, really depends on the state kind of going to the next. Uh, phase yeah,
0: we're, we're definitely progressing as far as uh reopening and um they just had the pace and park music festival last night which is exciting but it was yeah. a very different kind of setup people were actually sitting in assigned circles and wearing their masks it was really quite a sight to see but it was a big deal for belmont the first um live outdoor concert
1: right right yeah that's good time Uh,
0: people were really having a good time everybody that was there was really enjoying it um but then they're talking about you know another potential surge so it's like we're getting out there we're we're getting our lives back even though it's they're a little bit different we have to wear a mask and you know keep washing our hands and right right but but you know but then it, it could get worse again it's it's really uh
1: it's hard. It's like with the schools, they don't know what really, you know, they're trying right. to figure out what's going to happen in September. And, you know, I think they want to have kids go back to school. I think that's the idea. But then again, it going to be safe. So it's the, it uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's hard. Um,
0: Not knowing is hard.
1: It's hard to plan ahead, kind of, because if, if there is a surge, then this, if the schools go back to being fully closed, then the people with the daycare issues and, you know, children at home, they can't go to work and, you know, and it's just a trickle down effect into really, you know, affecting everything. and
0: Yes. And I, and I, I know that from talking to Lieutenant uh, Daly when I, when I do the logs with her every week, it seems that, and she agrees that domestic uh, incidents are on the rise due to COVID.
1: It does seem. Yes. Yes. I believe um, with people being kind of forced inside. I mean, I think a lot of, the issues kind of, um, get intensified. And,
0: um, the Belmont police is doing to try to help families that have a history of domestic violence.
1: Um, well, we try to reach out to more for the town social worker. Uh, it was like a part-time social worker and they have funding. They're trying to get funding for a full-time social worker, which would be, which would be very helpful. Um, as far as we try to do, um, follow-ups with with the victims and we're trying to make sure they get service through the court and everything. Um but there is, you know, it, it's hard. It's really is. The court's been closed to now they reopen re- have reopened. Um, but we're trying to get people with victim witness advocates at the court to try to see what kind of service and we refer people. Um, we have a high risk team that we work with Cambridge and Arlington and to try to get services to 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 people at risk. And um, kind of get them in touch with different social agencies that can be can offer services right. that we necessarily can't. And um, it's difficult time with with people can't going out to houses and maybe visiting with people and site visits and that type of stuff. It, it's not really happening as much, and it's, it's starting to get better. But you know, like well, you said earlier, there's a surge. I, I don't know what's going to happen again.
0: I know. Yeah. I know. Um, well, we're, we are running out of time. Do you have time to tell me about some of the changes in personnel? In addition to your becoming the assistant police chief, are you ready to make announcements about any of the other?
1: Uh, I believe the chief's going to send something out.
0: Okay. Okay. So we can't talk about that. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Uh, what about, um, you want to talk about accomplishment? How about the challenges that lie ahead? Other challenges that lie ahead that you're preparing to face well I mean just
1: with like what we were talking about covid um, how going forward and the increased opening up and or and the surge and what do we do to try to get services to people who don't necessarily like want us to come you know to the house and stuff like that and and maybe hesitate to call where um you know, sometimes when people more out and about, there's more of a chance to flag a car down and talk to an officer on the street about some type of problem in the neighborhood. People speeding through and stuff like that, where they maybe people aren't out as much, so that's kind of less interaction um, with with officers and kind of less, you know, telling us kind of what's going on. And we, because we need to, you know, obviously have the community very much involved with us for us to be able to do our jobs. Yeah. Um, that and you know with new laws coming down with everything a little challenging just to try to get everybody up to speed on it and and to get everybody trained. Um certainly with COVID the training has changed um where it's not in-person training which is a lot more uh Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So it's a little different. Um but it's we're, we're adjusting, you know, I think relatively well to try to stay up on everything. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, we just want to kind of continue. Like, what I think we've been doing well is, you know, treating people with respect and trying to be fair and, you know, trying to listen and be a, a part of the community and basically to listen to people's concerns and try to do, like, the right thing and try to figure out ways to help. Oh, there's the buzzer. <laughs> but try to figure out ways to help people. Yeah, try to figure out different ways to help people, maybe different from the ways things have done
0: in the past. Mm-hmm. One one good thing, and I'm sure you would agree, one one good thing that's come out of COVID, and it's hard to believe that anything good has come out of it, is um, the reduction in traffic in our town. I mean, Belmont, to get from one end of town to the other could take a half hour, and right. now it's five minutes. What a difference, right?
1: Right, yeah, Yes.
0: So does that That's
1: mean nice. uh, traffic tickets have also gone down? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yes, I think so. I mean, um, there's I still see you people.
0: got your guys out there. They're trying to get people.
1: They are. I mean, the offices are still out there and stuff, but it's it's hard. I mean, I think initially too, was the interaction with people. I think people, you know, and back in March, officers were nervous and people didn't want, like it was more, added more challenges to the interaction with, like pulling somebody over um now i mean they are out uh, out there and they are enforcing the traffic laws um hopefully people will continue to try to you know with the less traffic mean they don't have to be in such a rush or try to beat the light and that type of stuff you know what i mean that because there's not so much traffic in front of them that's going to slow them up further down the road so i you can just hope mm-hmm. for that
0: Hopefully accidents will go down too.
1: <laughs> they have, I think. we yes. a lot
0: of fender benders in Belmont and they're mostly out-of-town people. Um, well, I so wanted to
1: check- That traffic study, right? It was so they say something like 85% of the traffic through town is, is from out-of-town people. Cut through, though. cut through, yes. Yeah, it's just the way it is, where we're located.
0: Well, we need to wrap up. And as we wrap okay. up, I just want to ask you one more question. And that is, um, how do you want people to View the public safety profession. What are your hopes?
1: Well, I hope they think view it in a positive light. Um, that the men and women are here, like you know, to try to help. It's a very rewarding job. It really is. And at the end of the day, you know, you can really felt like you kind of did something that you made a difference in somebody's life and try to help somebody. And that's very, very rewarding. And I hope people realize that. And and sometimes, you know we have to break bad news to people and kind of change the way they're doing or thinking kind of, and they don't want that sometimes. And that's, you know, unfortunate, but that's kind of goes with the job, but it's, there's a way to do it too in a thoughtful, respectful way. And um, I hope people just realize that, you know, the, the goal of the officers are is to, to serve the public and that you know, some days it's easier than others, but um, certainly we're trying every day.
0: <laughs> very well said. Very well said. Thank you so much. Assistant. Okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I definitely have a lot of respect for what our public safety officers do in Belmont and for what our new assistant chief is facing and I wish him all the best in his new position. Thank and you, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and I, I hope everyone continues to stay safe and healthy during this very unprecedented and difficult time in, in our world. And if there's anything that you'd like me to talk about on a future Belmont Buzz, please email me and always get me at Belmont at wickedlocal.com. Thank you.